This is Issues 2024. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Wes Gallion, President, CEO, Wichita Area Builders Association. Welcome to Issues 2024, Wes. Thank you, Steve. Always a pleasure to talk to you. We were chatting. It's been, it's been a few years since you and I talked. For some reason, we just haven't got around to it. But here we are again here after all these years. And let, well, Hey, Wes, let's start a little, with a little background. Uh, what, what is the Wichita Area Builders Association? Well, the Wichita Area Builders Association is a nonprofit uh, uh, trade association, and our mission happens to be one that worked. And the, the, under the reason for our existence really started back in 1951, right after the National Association of Home Builders was formed, and they were adding affiliate chapters to it, and we applied and were approved. And uh, so our whole mission is to do everything we can, every way we can to keep housing as, as affordable as possible so more people can own a home than would be the case otherwise. Okay, so how long, who, who are your uh, WABA members? Uh, they're local builders primarily. We have some national builders that uh, do multi-state stuff um, uh, that are primarily suppliers, suppliers of products and that sort of thing, and they're members too. Presently, we're just shy of 1,000 members. That represents uh, a little over 600 companies throughout the Wichita and surrounding counties, and uh, uh, we all work together to accomplish the same thing, and that's affordability. We're very diverse in terms of membership. If you think how a house gets built or a building goes together from the ground up, everyone that works on those properties, from buying the dirt, getting it platted, getting it zoned, designing what goes on those lots and everything else, and all the financing and all the products that are used and services that are used, all those type of people belong to our association. So how do you fund the association? Is it dues, or are there any other methods to? It's dues, yeah. but we also uh, about half of what funds our association is member dues, and they're they're they're, they're very reasonable <laughs> considered considering what some of the other builders associations charge in the country. We're one of seven hundred associations like this throughout the country, and 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 so dues is about half of how we fund it. Otherwise, we fund it through non-dues revenue, like our Parade of Homes promotions, our home show promotions, fundraisers, and that sort of thing. All right. And how, Wes, how long have you been with, with WABA? This will be my 38th year, Steve. Wow. Well, I hate to ask what you did before that. You were probably in grade school. No, I was, no, I was just a twinkle in somebody's eye at that point, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did you? What was your job? What did you do before you, you got with Wallace? Well, I was lucky enough when I got out of the military, uh, where I went shortly after I graduated high school, uh, I, I went to WSU and got my degree. And then I was looking for a job when I was getting ready to graduate. And one of the local appraisers says, Well, y'all look at what we do. And I said, What do you do? He says, Well, we have a realtors association and we need someone because our person resigned and left. And so I interviewed for him, got the job. They told us, told me about all this great stuff they were doing. I didn't know any different. I found out they didn't either. But we, we kind of grew up together and did a lot of nice things. And I went into the private sector business after about seven and eight years with Colwell Banker when they were forming their Sears Financial Network. Stayed there a while, and then I was recruited to go to work for the Builders Association when John Oliphant was had been the president and CEO. He had passed with cancer, and so got the got the nod there. Been there ever since, and. I really appreciate what our members do because I always looked at them as kind of the last bastion of free enterprise when it comes to mom and pop operations. How long? Uh, how are local builders uh, doing uh, business wise these days? 
you know, it's it's amazing with every all the the volatility in the marketplace. They are doing pretty well. We're off uh, compared to what we were before inflation and the higher interest rates started having an adverse impact. We were off about thirty forty percent from what we used to be, but. But with the shortage of labor that we have in the in the marketplace here, and for, quite frankly nationwide, um, our builders stay pretty busy. Busy. There's still people buying new homes, and a lot of remodeling being done. And so, um, you know, I think what's happened when we went through the pandemic, starting I think about 2008, 2000, or the bubble in 2008 and 2009, and then pandemic later, people have been assessing how they live in their homes, the importance of it. And I think it keeps the buying activity strong. The biggest drawback to people buying the homes they want now, particularly on the low end, is the higher interest rates and inflation. That'll come down at some point, but it's going to have to come down uh, uh, some in order to open up the market, open the market back up like we'd like it to be. But um, the the next geners, the young professionals, are starting to buy homes now. They Used to, when in our day, we'd buy a home as soon as we could because we understand the, the value of building up equity and whatever, have a place of our own. Most of them wait till they're about 36 to jump in, 36 years old. They still research, but that group is reaching that age bracket now, and so it's helping push the market up. You talked, uh, you mentioned a couple of things there uh, and the impact. What was the impact overall on that recession back in 2008 and 2009 on, on that? on the housing and the building well, market. Well, Steve, before then, the, the few years before then, our average number of new homes, single-family homes we built in the greater Wichita and surrounding area was twenty six to 2,700. Uh, when the bubble hit, everything started to trend down. And one year, we got down to just shy 500 homes that were built. And then it's it uh, – has never really gotten much above 50% of what that used to be. So it's still having an impact. Um, and and uh, we thought it would recover, and I think everyone thought it would, would recover from that fairly quickly. As you know, that economically, that wasn't the case. And there's still forces that keep things down. But it dropped it dropped an awful lot. It hurt the city's tax bases in terms of adding new homes for tax purposes and that sort of thing. So we're all working together to try to keep everything at the highest level we can get it at while we can maintain the quality of the homes people want. You know, and when that, and then again, let's jump ahead to the, the COVID pandemic. And, and when that, that started, I, I asked somebody locally who really was, knows about, about these things. I said, what, what impact will that have uh, on business? And she said, the supply line, uh, getting the materials that people need is going to be tougher and, and a lot more expensive. And, and that was the case, I guess, uh, would you agree that with was that? The case. Yeah, I absolutely agree the case. Uh, um, you know, the supply chain uh, and availability of products that come through the supply chain, it just dropped dramatically. In one year, we dropped the, the, value, the, the increase in price of materials to build a house went up about 30%. And you can't absorb that type of increase really quick. It's, first of all, the market's got to get, get acclimated to it being different. It limits people in terms of what they can do. But amazingly, we did well through that. And because we were designated with the help of the governor and our national association and our work we did throughout the state, designated an essential service to the community and the economy. So we built we built right on through that. And it was amazing how people, then we had low interest rates and whatever else, 
kept buying homes. And so I think it surprised everyone, but thank God they did that because there were some states that stopped building from occurring, some cities, not states, but it just decimated those cities that did that. You, we're talking about supply chain. Of course, with the, with the computer chip, uh, uh, chip, the microchips was mentioned. Of course, there are like fifteen hundred of those in a car. You know, things like that. But yeah, at least when you, you're talking about the goods, uh, things that building materials, uh, wood, and things that come from here, and and, uh, and things that come from overseas as well that go into building a home. Absolutely, and you know, people realize I think for the first time in a long time just how much of that, how much, how much, or how valuable a supply chain that's fully functioning is. In products that we use in building, a lot of those come from overseas uh, or other countries. Uh, wood, in particular, so there was a framing wood shortage and that sort of thing with dimension lumber. And then you have. You know, bathtub, lighting fixtures, appliances, that sort of thing. And it, and we, it got to a point there when our builders were ordering things. We were telling them, uh, as difficult as it is, because it shifts how you use your financing to build these homes, order all your appliances and everything else well in advance of ever starting to build a home once you've got a contract on it because it'll take you that long to get it. There was one point there when one of the window suppliers was 52 weeks out. Cabinets were three, four, five months out once you ordered them. And it, so what happened is you, if you didn't manage it right, you'd get to a point where you had to stop and wait. You'd wait for months to get those supplies, and that's not good for a house set like that. No. So we had to change the way we did things, which also drove the cost up because it was taking us longer. We had to finance, you know, dead on the house longer until we got it got it finished. But we got them done. One thing that's been really good about our market compared to a lot of others is we're a big city, but we're not a huge metroplex. Some of these cities have multi-state builders and they pretty much can control the market in terms of what's building. But they got hurt pretty bad during this sort of time, and they build in multiple states. They may build four, five, 6,000 homes a year. Our average builder will maybe build a dozen to 15 to 20 a year, and they're pretty much hands-on type guys along with their subs. So we were able to get the homes built, even though we had delays, and still maintain the quality of the people in which to become used to. In the current market, Wes, about uh, how long, I know this is, it's going to be different for each company and each builder, but how long does it really take for from the time that you go out and turn the spade until you, you, you open the doors in a brand new home? What is the the building time? Well, it used to be on a typical mean priced house. It was about six, maybe six, seven, eight months. Now it's, it can be well over a year, up to two years, depending on the size of the house. Wow. Okay. And uh, so it's it's changed a lot. What is it? What's the average size home being built in in Wichita right now? You know. Well, you know, we still build a lot of open space plans. Some we're starting to build maybe some two stories or story and a half, and that's our multi level. Yeah. But most of them are open space plans because that's what people want, and uh, they can live in the longest without making major changes. To I would say the median price uh, or average price of a new home in Wichita is about a little over three hundred thousand right now, and that. That can the square footage of that can vary in price depending on what you put in that house in terms of fixtures and that sort of thing. But uh, I'd say it's anywhere from sixteen to sixteen hundred square feet to maybe twenty one, twenty two hundred square feet, mm-hmm. not counting the basement. You're listening to Issues Twenty Twenty Four on the Odyssey Radio Stations, and our guest is Wes Gallion, President, CEO, Wichita Area Builders Association. Wes. Uh, yeah, you kind of touched on this, uh, I think, a minute or two ago, but 
What does uh, employment look like among Wichita builders? Employment is good, actually. We're keeping all our subs busy and whatever else. And we, you know, we have this shortage of labor, and that's skilled labor, not just labor, but skilled labor. And so we, I think uh, one of the things that happened over the years, and it just wasn't in our business, Steve, it was in a lot of businesses. Everyone talked about workforce development and how they needed to get involved and, uh, you know, uh, encourage people to look at jobs in the trades and that sort of thing. And some of that happened in our, but it didn't happen to the extent it should. So our industry and other segments of other industries are way behind the curve on creating opportunities for employment and training and what have you. So young people and not so young people who want to change career paths can can get in, can make transitions happen pretty quickly. And uh, we're, we're involved in that through a collaboration with uh, local Votech schools and things of that nature. And we're going to have a special event at this year's show for students that uh, is going to be pretty neat for the first time. I will talk about, talk about that in a minute or two here, but uh... Uh, yeah, it, it, the the person who goes into the let's say the the home building business or wants to build uh, houses, uh, they can learn, uh, I guess, uh, a lot of it in the classroom nowadays. But uh, the I uh, get the old days was you somebody hired you took it out and taught you how to do it, how to drive a nail and and saw a board, right? Yeah, and that still happens, but not nearly to the extent it used to have. I think. Uh, uh, there's the orientation people have today, particularly students get out of high school um, very significantly. Um, for years, we used to have, and you'll remember this, when we were going to school and high school and that sort of thing, we got the, the girls took home ec, the guys took industrial arts or woodworking or whatever else. So they were able to get their hands dirty and learn something about the potential trade that they could work in. And you know, they'd work summer jobs and that sort of thing and go into that industry. But they quit teaching those things a long time ago, and, and so people don't learn the basics of that. And so uh, they, since they weren't teaching it, uh, they weren't oriented toward the opportunities available in the trades, which are significant. And people make really good money, and it's easy to start your own business after you've worked in there a while. And that's what's, that's in large part what's caused the labor shortage in our segment of the industry and others. Wait, what can a person uh, what can a person earn uh, doing uh, building on it? I know you've got plumbers and framers and different jobs, but uh, can you make a pretty decent living doing that? You make a very good living doing that. Uh, we have some tradesmen. Well, there's one thing I always tell people, you know, they talk about AI and all that stuff. And I said, well, here's one thing to think about that when you look at the trades. They're not building a house. They're not building a building. They're not pouring concrete. They're not framing. They're not tiling. So uh, if you want a job in the trades, you can get a job in the trades. You can make decent money. And and after four or five years in it, if you want to start your own business, it's pretty easy to do that, particularly if you're good with your hands and you know what you're doing. But, you know, technology has come to have a significant impact on products and services and how those, those are installed now today, just like with anything else. But, It'll be a growing issue, but uh, uh, I think it'll be many, many years, many, many decades, if ever, that uh, people don't continue to build homes and then remodel homes and sort of that. That won't be done by machines or computers. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I talk to my grandkids or, as they're growing up, say, you know, uh, you learn a trade or, or whatever and, and get out and do the job and find, and someday maybe you're the owner. Ownership so, sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, we have the, the guys that really put their their effort forward to become really first-class uh, installers 
our applicators of various products and services. They do they do really really well. You know, people say, well, are they just working and making money from paycheck to paycheck. Well, there's some to do that because they they work at the low end of the market and that's as far as they want to go. But um, you know, we have plumbers and, and mechanical heat and air guys and tile guys and roofers and what have you that do very very well. They'd make as much money as many of the, uh, the white-collar jobs and a lot more than some of the white-collar jobs that are out today. What, and they're available. That's the big thing. And about the trades, I, I think about a construction site, and it's, it's all guys out there, but I'm sure that it's, it's an open market for the for females as well. Yeah, we're starting to see some females come into the market, and we encourage that. Uh, one of the problems, and it's not a problem, it's just the reality, is some of the work that's done takes a pretty good-sized guy to, yeah. with a lot of strength and moves stuff around, so that's it limits some in one case not and not the others, but we have a lot of designers that are first class. Yeah. We have gals that are starting to work now as plumbers and electricians and that sort of thing. They do a really good job. Yeah. I have a friend here in Wichita, uh, in Wichita, and he has four kids and three boys and a girl, and the girl's the youngest, and she, they're, they're in professional jobs, and she works as a plumber because that's what she wanted to do. Wow. And All she right. does a very good job. She keeps pace with her brothers. Let's, let's let's talk about the 70th anniversary home show. It'll be at Century 2. Uh, what are the dates for this show? This show will be March the 7th through the 10th. It's Thursday through a Sunday like it has always been. And we are literally sold out in convention and expo hall this year. Um, and uh, uh, we've got nearly 300 exhibitors in there. And it'll be the largest show we've had probably in the last decade. Wow. I, that was my next question. How many exhibitors uh, do you have? Three hundred. Three hundred. Yeah, how? typically we'll run like two thirty, two forty, but uh, we filled both those halls completely up uh, with uh, exhibitors uh, that have products and services for the home. We're going to be doing some seminars that'll help people understand if they're thinking about building or remodeling in particular, or redecorating, or using or trying to improve their energy efficiency, uh, whatever. What kind of options are available to them? What's it cost? Uh, you know, what should they look at first and foremost before they make that buying decision? So they feel that they spent their money in, you know, in a good order when they when they do make that decision. What if you're about it? What if you're a DIY person, do it yourself? You, I bet you can learn learn a few things down there. Huh? Yeah, you can learn why you don't want to do it. That's the biggest <laughs> thing. <laughs> there you go. That's knowledge. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is. People think that, uh, that, well, it seems like people don't have near the time, yeah. idle time they used to have to do things like that. And the sophistication in terms of products today and how they're applied and how they can be used in one circumstance and maybe not another, people need to know that because it's not a one-size-fits-all by any means. Yeah. So this show can go to seminars alone yeah. to talking about you know, doing a deck or a patio or an outdoor kitchen or replacing their windows or flooring or whatever else. They can learn what's best for them to do, depending on how they live. Would you stop, Wes? You're making me tired now. Uh, (laughs) How how many visitors do you expect for the show this year? We figure figure, uh, about 12 to 15,000 total by the time we uh, get the show all over. Okay. Highlight a couple of things that... uh, that might be new and different this year or something you, do you think is going to be kind of exciting about the show this year? Well, we're doing a deal with uh, the high schools, and it's called Build My Future. It's a, an event that we're starting here in Wichita. It's, not, it's, not, it's, it's happened in other parts of the country, but not very often. 
And the whole point of it is uh, it's just part of the workforce education initiative that WABA has started to do our part to inform and educate students at various levels about what opportunities are available in the construction and trade segment of the industry. And the fact that it's a, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's a place where they can get started pretty easily, make a good living and then end up in their own business if they want to. And not everybody wants to do that as far as own a business, but it's available to them if they will. So we are on the 6th before the show opens on the 7th, uh, having an all day event. And we've rented the other large hall at Century 2 exhibition. And we're going to, right now we have over 500 students registered for that event from area high schools. And they're going to come in and from nine o'clock in the morning, they'll stay until two in the afternoon. And they'll see specific type displays set up that show them the types of products and services that are engaged in, uh, in our segments, our segment of the industry. There'll be a lot of hands-on uh, things they can do so they can get a feel for what actually goes on and product they'll see and so on and so forth. So we think it'll be a great deal to actually involve those students because we've have, we've visited a couple other markets where they've done this a couple of times already, and they just have outstanding response from the high schools. And we'll be engaging in, in other other events like this where it's middle school students as well. Middle school. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's great. They can come in and see how welding looks like and have you know have a go at design work, uh, framing work, painting, roofing, siding, tile work, all that kind of stuff, and get their hands a little bit dirty. But but kids have never seen that because they don't have that sort of thing in school anymore, or or if they do, it's pretty rare. And so it'll it'll be a major deal for them. Yeah. So uh, what what else should we tell our listeners this morning while while I've got you on here, sir? Well, the one thing I want people to know is that this home show is in its 70th year. It was started here in Wichita years ago as part of a uh, kind of a uh, new homes week that the National Association of Realtors was kind of promoting. And some builders built a number of homes, I think 12 to 15, as I look back historically and check on that number. Um, and they would build them and decorate them, have them, have the people come through them. And they'd leave them open like a week, week and a half, two weeks or whatever else. And that that, it was kind of like a parade of homes, but the parade of homes had not been started then, so they called it New Home Week. It was a way to get people out to look and look at new stuff and that sort of thing. And then someone suggested, well, and I think they were probably product providers, that there ought to be a way we can show off some of the other products we have for the homes because we can't do it you know, this way. There's just not enough diversity in the housing or enough of them, whatever else. So they put up a little tent in one of these areas where they were building these homes and put product in it, and it it caught fire and people wanted to see and visit those a lot. And that's, that was the genesis for putting together the home show and the home show. We have never missed a year since the home show was started. All right. Well, listen, as always, we thank you for uh, spending a little time for with us this morning. And, and Wes, you've answered a problem for somebody who's thinking about uh, buying a home or having a home built for them or anything like that. A lot of good information. And uh, as always, we appreciate it and look forward to that home show coming up on uh, March 7th to 10th. At Century 2. Wes, uh, have a good one, and uh, we hope to talk to you again uh, real soon, okay? Thank you, Steve. Have a good day. All right. And our guest is Wes Gallion, President, CEO of Wichita Area Builders Association. They have uh, pretty positive information about the building in Wichita and how it's going to go here in 2024, and that show coming up on the 7th. That's all for this edition of Issues 2024. We'll be back next week. 
Thank you for listening. I'm Steve McIntosh.